Good morning. In your Bibles, we turn with me to Luke, uh, the 22nd chapter. Uh, we're going to be looking at verse 19. As we uh, have gone through this sermon series, Come to the Table, we've looked at uh, the different aspects of the table. We've talked about the table itself, uh, the chair, and of course the uh, towel. And uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the bread. There's a freshly baked loaf of bread. Let's uh, read this passage and then we'll pray. And Jesus uh, took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, we cannot say thank you enough for your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we gather together to honor and to glorify you and to remember your incredible sacrifice, to celebrate the new life given through your son, Jesus Christ. And as we study, we pray that your spirit will move in a powerful way in such a way that unites our minds and hearts to your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. There's nothing like bread right out of the oven. Right? I mean, you can see that golden color. You can, your taste buds, just by looking at it, start to salivate, right? As you touch that soft, delicious bread, your stomach, it starts to rumble. You start to consider maybe the ways that you can eat that bread. Maybe you'll make a hand sandwich, right? Maybe you'll toast it, put some cheese on it for a grilled cheese sandwich. Maybe you'll make French, uh, maybe you'll make French bread and cover it, or French toast, and you'll cover it maybe with syrup and powdered sugar. The opportunities there are endless, and you will not be satisfied until you take a bite of that bread and truly experience what each and every one of your senses are longing for. Jesus chose bread to represent his body. Jesus chose bread to represent his body. And I think we can see, and if you were closer, maybe you could smell, you could taste exactly why. And so this morning, I just want to share with you a few reasons why I think Jesus chose bread and why bread represents and helps us to remember who Jesus is. If you want to write these down, you can. The first is this, that the bread represents his presence. Bread represents his presence. You see, God really sent Jesus to this earth. It is as real as that bread that's in my hands. He was born a baby. He grew up. He learned how to walk. He learned how to talk. 
I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 3, where God used to walk and stroll through the garden with Adam and Eve. And here was Jesus, God's own son, God incarnate, walking and strolling through life with a real mother, with a real father, with real siblings. He had to learn. He had to go through the awkwardness of puberty. The Son of God was thirsty. He was hungry. The Son of God was was sad. He was upset. He was tired. He experienced happiness and joy. And he lived and he breathed here on earth. Jesus was as real as that bread that was in my hands. It was the 4th century philosopher Gregory of Nazareth who wrote these words. Jesus began his ministry by being hungry, yet he was the bread of life. Jesus ended his earthly ministry by being thirsty, yet he was the living water. Jesus was weary, yet he is our rest. Jesus paid tribute, yet he is our king. Jesus was accused of having a demon, yet he cast out demons. Jesus wept, yet he wipes away our tears. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, and yet he redeemed this world. Jesus was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and yet he's the good shepherd. Jesus died, and yet by his death he destroyed the power of death. You see, the bread represents the very life that he lived here on earth, a very tangible, a very real, something that could be felt, smelt, all the senses, touched. Jesus, while he was here on earth, spoke these words in John 14 and verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. As real as Jesus was while he walked and strolled this earth, He is still very present with us today. And that's what the bread truly represents. It represents his presence with us through the Holy Spirit. And as we break this bread together, we're reminded that Jesus joins us as we stroll through life. That he walks with us as we stroll through life. Remember those weird and and almost awkward words that Jesus had in at John 6.53, when he said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Eat my flesh, it's an incredibly gross picture, but it's a powerful metaphor to help us remember that bread, which is eaten, ingested, is used to power our bodies. Think about that. The bread, the real bread that we ingest is used to power our bodies. Jesus did not leave us alone here on earth. He is present with us now. He is empowering us even now. Jesus is, the bread, Jesus, it represents that presence that's with us Every day. 
So he's present with us, but also the bread represents his atonement. I think that's what my mind immediately goes to. We break bread. We cut through bread. We slice bread. Jesus' body is given for us. And we can't ignore the context in which Jesus states these powerful words. They are celebrating Passover. The unleavened bread that Jesus broke that night and said, this is my body given for you, that was a reminder of the people of Israel the night that Israel got to leave Egypt. The bread without yeast was made without yeast so that they could uh, be cooked, so it could be cooked in a, in a hurry, and they could travel. You see, the lamb had already been slaughtered. The blood was already on the door frames. Grab your family, grab your bread, let's go. What's the key ingredient in bread? Flour, right? I mean, there's a lot of other ingredients in bread, but that's the key ingredient of bread, flour. And how do you make flour? You crush the wheat. And you make it into fine powder. And I don't think we need to lose the symbolism here. It was Isaiah who prophesied in Isaiah 53, 5, that Jesus would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be crushed for our iniquities. And that the punishment that brought us peace upon him and by his wounds, we are healed. Max Licato tells the story of Cinderella. Now this one's a true story. It takes place at Walt Disney World at Cinderella's castle. It was packed with kids and parents. And suddenly all the children rushed to one side. Had it been a boat, that castle would have tipped over. Cinderella had made her entrance. The pristine princess, she was perfectly typecast. A gorgeous young girl with each hair in place, flawless skin, beaming smile. And she stood waist deep in a garden of children, each wanting to touch her and be touched. But on the other side of the cast was now a vacant area, except for one boy, maybe seven or eight years old. His age, his age was hard to determine because of the disfigurement of his body. He was dwarfed in high, face deformed. He stood watching quietly and wistfully, holding the hand of his older brother. Don't you know what that little boy wanted? That little boy wanted to be with the children. He longed to be in the middle of that group, of that crowd reaching for Cinderella, calling her by name. But we can feel his fear. Fear of another rejection. Fear of being taunted and mocked again. Don't you, like I, wish that Cinderella would go to him? Guess what she did? Cinderella noticed the little boy and immediately started walking his directly direction politely but firmly inching through the crowd of children, she finally broke free, and she walked quickly across the floor, 
she knelt at eye level with this stunned little boy and placed a kiss on his face. But that's all she could do. When Cinderella stood to leave, she took her beauty with her. The boy was still deformed. The bread, it reminds us of atonement. Jesus was crushed for our deformities, for our sinfulness. And it was through his atonement that it brought us beauty. The final statement I want to make about this bread is that it represents his mission. The bread represents his presence. The bread represents atonement. But the bread also represents mission. Let's go back to how that bread smelled and how it tastes as it comes out of that oven. It satisfies. And you know, Jesus talks a lot about satisfaction. He talks a lot about making this world right. Remember when he spoke to the woman at the well? She was thirsty. And Jesus says, I can offer you living water and water that would help you never to thirst Again. And Jesus talks about bread in the same way. In John 6.35, he says, I'm the bread of life, and he who comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Never hunger. Never thirsty. That's the beauty of his mission here on earth. What does it mean on a practical level and how does that relate to the mission of God is connected with Jesus' statements in John's Gospels and the layer of that story. Ultimately, Jesus is saying eternal life will be perfect and we will never have to thirst again. We'll never be hungry again in the kingdom that is to come. But I'm also drawn to Jesus' statements in particular. Remember when he was talking to Satan and, and he said, turn the stone into bread. And he said, man does not live on bread alone. And remember specifically, after he met with the woman at the well, the disciples had gone and got groceries and said, come on, Jesus, let's go eat. And he looked over at a group of people coming his way and he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You see, there's something here. This never thirst, this never hunger, there's something here more than just what is to come because there's a kingdom here now. There's something about doing God's work here on earth that brings satisfaction, that brings peace. Example from our Mexico trip last year, there was one morning we remember that uh, we were feeding uh, the homeless at a, at a shelter. We're feeding them breakfast. And I remember we worked hours, hours without a break 
and we were completely surrounded by food. I mean, you could smell it cooking. They even brought these desserts out that just looked incredible. It looked good. It smelled good. But for whatever reason, there wasn't once that I felt hungry, like I needed to eat. There's something about feeding the hungry that fed me. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. My food, what truly satisfies, is to do the will of him who sent me. There was a beggar who came and he sat before a baker. said, could I have some bread, please? And the baker assured him, you are wise. Bread is what you need, and you've come to the right bakery. And he brought his cookbook down from the shelf, and he began to tell the beggar all about bread. He spoke of flour and wheat and grain and barley, and the baker's knowledge impressed even himself as he cited the measurements and the recipe. And when he looked up, he was surprised to see the beggar was, wasn't smiling because he said, I just would like some bread. Well, how wise you are, the baker applauded. Follow me and I will show you our bakery. And down the hollowed halls he guided him, pausing to point out the rooms where the dough was prepared, the ovens where the, the, the bread was baked. No one has such facilities, he said. Follow me and I will show you our wonderful, best part of everything. This right here is the room of inspiration. The baker knew the beggar was moved as they stepped into this auditorium filled with stained glass windows. The, the, the beggar didn't speak, and the baker understood his silence, and with his arms around his shoulders, he whispered, it overwhelms me as well. And the baker, he leaped to the podium, and he struck his favorite pose from the lectern. See, people come from miles to hear me speak. Once a week, my workers, they gather, and I read to them the recipes of the cookbook of life. And by now, the beggar had taken a seat on the front row, and the baker knew exactly what he wanted. He said, would you like to hear me speak? And the beggar said, no, but I sure would like some bread. As we uh, gather this morning, we remember that the bread represents the body of Jesus. And that body means so much more than we could ever imagine. It represents, of course, his presence with us now. It represents the sacrifice. It represents the atonement for our sins. But the bread also represents the mission of God in this world. As Jesus said, my food is do the, to do the will of him who sent me. It reminds us that we eat in remembrance of one who was driven by the kingdom of God. Remember this Jesus this morning. Remember him. As we sing our song of communion and invitation, that's my invitation to you. 
we'll sing and invite you to go to the corners here and gather your bread and your cup and to remember and prepare your hearts for communion. Let's pray. Father, we cannot thank you enough for your presence with us here today, for your atonement of sins, and of course, your mission here on earth. And I pray that through your spirit, through your bread, through your blood, that you will transform us to be more like you in a, not just a sense of holiness, which is so very important, but also the sense of your will here on earth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.